You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey people, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode, episode 158 of the Sports Therapy Association podcast. My name is Matt Phillips from the creative lunch at live.com. And this podcast is recorded live on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel at eight o'clock every Tuesday. So if you are listening to the podcast and you're thinking, oh, I'd like to go along and and ask the guest questions myself and go and hang out with people in the live lounge. And that's all you have to do. Just go along to the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel at eight o'clock on a Tuesday. And indeed, next Tuesday, as it's the first of the month, August the 1st, then that will be a Ask Us Anything episode, which is what we always do on the first of the month. So that's a great time. If you listen to this podcast um, and you and you fancy joining us, that'd be great. Bring along some questions. Anything to do with the soft tissue therapy industry um, from choice of couch to choice of software, pay systems, invoices, vouchers. We've had loads of questions, fantastic questions. So anything which you would like our panel um, to answer, then you can either email it to me, which is matt at the sta.co.uk, or you can, um, yeah, that's about it. Just email it to me. I was going to say, or you could try and get it to me another way and through social media. You can do that. The easiest way is just email it. And in the email, tell me if you want your name mentioned when I read it out. But um, as far as tonight goes, you are joining us for a special episode. This month was ironically all going to be all about ChatGPT, but the people behind who are going to be speakers about ChatGPT, for one reason or another, not their not their fault, uh, when I unable to attend, um, which kind of made me thought maybe I should have just got some ChatGPT bots more reliable than humans. But um, no, that was that wasn't the case. So. Um, Before we start tonight's episode, um, which is going to be with a fantastic James Earls, born to move, born to walk, then uh, I just want to say a big thank you to last week's guest, um, who I wanted to get on the show during our focus um, on nutrition. Um, It was Faye Townsend, who um, I followed for quite a while now on Instagram. I recommend that you follow Faye. It's Faye.Nutrition. We had a great episode all about Faye's top five sports nutrition myths. Um, and there's plenty of things which she could have mentioned, but she basically brought five to the table, which she, as a trained, highly respected sports nutritionist, um, hears far too much in her clinic, which means probably going to be things which we hear from people coming to our clinic. So it's once again giving us the tools, although we're not nutritionists and we're not going to start working outside of where we should be. Um, it's great to know if people are saying things which could be wasting their time, wasting their money, delaying results, which maybe you're trying to work towards with them as well, and knowing when maybe you refer them on to somebody who is evidence-informed. Because as as Faye talked about, um, and it's available on all podcast apps and YouTube if you watch the video, Faye again celebrated this idea of multidisciplinary care and if we're all kind of evidence-informed, which doesn't mean just going by research. It means using the research, a combination of that and what the patient wants and what you see in clinic, having that those three sto- legs of the stool kind of thing. Um, then then there's, it's a great business model. Okay, and you can refer out, refer back. Um, so yeah, great episode anyway. Um, I had someone else today uh, ask about 
if I can't make this live recording, can I watch it? Is there any chance of watching a catch up? And even though it's got podcast in the title, not everyone is aware of what a podcast is. So if you, well, actually, what am I going to tell you? If you listen to the podcast, you know what a podcast is. But just let your friends know, let your clients know. If you're kind of maybe saying to a client, hey, have you listened to the STA podcast? The podcast means you can listen to it anytime. That's the joy of it. We record it live because it just makes it a bit more bam, 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 which is what I always love. Um, but then the joy is it's there, shelf life forever. All 158 episodes, including this one, are available on apps. So share that with your friends. Let's have a bit of sharing next week for you because not everyone knows what it's all about. They don't know that um, therapists don't realize they've got 157 fantastic hours of free CPD. Okay, this is not much better than that, apart from some of James's courses. But, um, you know, there's a lot of good free CPD there. Um, which is why I always say people email me, oh, I want some CPD, what should I do? Well, I've got 157 hours, there you go. See you in a year. Anyway, right, so yeah, that's Faye Townsend. Check her out, fantastic episode as always. Um, highly important topic of nutrition. Okay, tonight, he's back. Be more like James, the t-shirt that needs to be printed. He's with us again. Um, we last had James on the show, I think, back in October 22, which seems like way too long ago. And that was just before Therapy Expo uh, 2022. So it's fantastic to have him back again. It's been too long. So I think without further ado, oh, people in the live lounge, I've been ignoring you. Look at you all flocking in here. Um, if you do join us, this is the podcast. If you do join us live, then it means I can bring you up onto the screen with your comment like Nikki Mansfield. Thank you very much for your support, Nikki, and getting this all happening and persuading me to make it a Facebook event when I would have preferred to sat down with my children on a Sunday and watch a bit of uh, TV. But no, what you suggested was great. I got up and left them to it and I made it into a Facebook event. How do you feel? So Nikki says, evening all. I have pencil, paper and wine. Let's go. She goes. Uh, Glenn Murphy's in the house as well. Glenn says, Glenn says, Glenn says. Ah, it's himself. Evening, folks. Glenn's on the wine as well. Uh, Marco is here as well. Cecily Hislop. Um, New Lease Sports Therapy. Remind me what your name is, New Lease. Or be just, oh, yeah, you told me last time, didn't you? Damn it. Can't remember. Alan? Can't remember. Um, Glenn Murphy, Tracy Marsh. Tracy Marsh is here. Fantastic. Good to see you, Tracy. Uh, Brian Hux is in here. Yeah, people are coming in. Um, remember questions, people. Okay, that's why you're in the live lounge. Anything you want to ask James, do so. Okay, James will be keeping an eye on you to see if there's anything more interesting in there which he needs to mention. So, right, enough talk. Let's bring up for this episode, 158, James Earls. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey James, how are you doing? <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the wonderful uh, intro. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's fun. I'm sitting listening to your, your build-up. I challenge the person who can't give you a great intro. You've done so much and you still do so much, then uh, um, at the risk of just making your head explode. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show whenever. And it's been too long. October 22, that flew by, didn't it? Last year's yeah. Therapy Expo. It's been nearly a year. That's crazy. Um, but hey, it gives us a, a nice topic, 52 weeks of what you've been up to <laughs> um, and telling other people what you've been up to. So... Yeah, you were you were at Therapy Expo last year, and yourself and um, your partner in crime, Owen Lewis, are going to be with us as well this year at Therapy Expo, which is going to be exciting. Talking about something. Talking about something, the important thing yeah, if you're yeah, there. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, we haven't given the timetable out yet. Uh, drips and drabs are appearing on the Therapy Expo website. But all I can say is, is James and, uh, and Owen are going to be getting a double session in the STA Theatre. Yes, you heard it. A double session. None of this 25-minute stuff. We're giving them an hour because they deserve it. Um, so that's very exciting. We'll obviously be releasing details of that. And close to the time, we'll be getting James and Owen in hopefully together to talk about what they're going to be presenting in the STA Theatre and other theatres across there. Um, but also you've got, you've got other stuff coming up before we get into it, because once you know we start talking to you about what you've been up to, then it, it's going to be amazing. But I thought we'd give a mention. I'll, you, I'll look to the programme for this Natural Health and Movement Summit. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, Natural Health and Movement Summit is a, is a project that I put together with uh, Adam Daniel and uh, Steve Powell, a couple of personal trainers that are very well known in the fitness world. Um, Steve works with... Um, Power Pit and Adam worked a lot with. Um, <laughs> thank you, Brian. <laughs> uh, thank you, Matt, for doing that. Um, uh, Adam works with a, a lot of different brands. Uh, Viva Perfect. Um, we started back in 2018 uh, as the Feet Fascia Function Summit. And then we got a bit bored with that and thought, um, why don't we do Mind and Movement Matters? And we got a bit bored with that. I thought, why don't we do the, the Natural Health and Movement Summit? Uh, so we have that coming up in October in Regents University on the 7th. Saturday the 7th, we've got some uh, great lineup of speakers. We've got Caroline Williams, who's a, a scientist with, or a scientific reporter with the New Scientist, written a couple of books, and Move, and she has a new one coming out about energy. So she's going to be talking about that. We've got um, Dr. Susanna Silberg talking about um, Thermal approach to health using cold and hot therapies, so cold plunging, cold um, watching, winter swimming for dealing with pain and inflammation. Um, I'll be doing my kind of guest stand up and talk about something, and um, hopefully, impression about energy and endurance and efficiency, looking at evolutionary and comparative uh, anatomy. Uh, we've got Ollie Patrick, a sports physiologist, um, and got Chris Gladwell talking about the breath and doing a movement, kind of breath movement session. And I've got a wonderful foot physio, a lady called uh, Jane Baker. We'll be talking about uh, foot and its connections and interactions through the rest of the body, and also doing a movement session for assessment and exercises. For kind of three, you want to do five, but you only got 30 or 40 minutes. So but let's you know, keep it kind of practical. And let's aim for three and probably get two done. Um, common common pathologies or common issues around the foot so, so it's going to be a, a busy program busy day and and it's always it's a, it's a heap of fun and we've extended it it's come nine till six because we couldn't cram everything in the nine to five and it's great and and as soon as you look at the program it really is it's so nice isn't it that that in 2023 we can now use the word holistic again those who were back in kind of 1990s holistic was an ugly word it's kind of associated with too many justics and but now holistic is like suddenly we've come around almost like in a circle realizing we do need to be looking at you know energy and endurance and all the things you're talking about there and breathing and it's like suddenly we're realizing now it's come around and the more we've embraced the biopsychosocial the more we've kind of realized oh so we do have to think about how the person's feeling you know it's interesting yeah, I- I have to admit to being confused about the excitement to run by yourself also with the medal. But that's what I got taught in 1991, whenever I went to my, you know, it was a basic, but aromatherapy training. I thought, well, you know, it's just it's the same story, but with, with, with longer words. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's interesting. It's good. It's very healthy. And and I think when I looked at that, the first thing I thought was so if that's your aim, um, or one of the things you want people to take away from it, then that's definitely it. it just really embraces the whole of the body, all the different systems are in there. It's yeah, real nice, real nice program. So that's on the seventh of October. There is a discount code for STA members. Um, obviously, when you do apply for it, you need you'll need to prove that you're an STA member. Do I give out the code here or do I get people to email me? And... Uh, email you, email me. So yeah, and then we'll give you the code. Because yeah. we know that out of our 3,000 or so downloads, not all of your members. But hey, here's another reason. Reason 263B for joining the STA discounts for fantastic workshops and courses right now. Um, and you've got other stuff going on as well. As What is that? Yeah, we've got a usual uh, lineup of uh, workshops. Uh, kind of I mean, gradually, we're getting the, the the calendar more full with international events. So we've got some in Singapore and Philippines. If anyone's listening from out there, um, and we're getting a, a regular program also um, set up with, with Nikki uh, up in Saint Ives and in Bristol. So we talk about uh, functional introductory uh, days. So, uh, looking at functional anatomy, looking at uh, foot and pelvis, myself and, and Owen, um, and then leading into some of the workshops as well, so born to walk, born to move, uh, functional functional body work and approaches. So everything that we're going to be talking about uh, tonight can be crowned in through or squeezed in through and expanded out into two or three day workshop. Fantastic. So yeah, we should give a shout out to our Filipino listeners. Thank you very much. We don't mention them enough. So if you're in the Philippines listening to this, then yeah, James Earls is going to be knocking on one of your doors very soon. Um, so all this information, then go to website borntomove.com. Uh, com. There you go, borntomove.com. All the information there. Should be easy enough to find on Facebook and Instagram. Fantastic. And, and I think... Everywhere you're um, across social media, in case people are looking at, I think it's pretty good, isn't it? It's born to move nearly everywhere, isn't it? I think you managed to. Um, it's a bit convoluted and fit. Oh, no, there's an underscore born to move. Let's not jump to that. Point. Yeah. So Twitter and Instagram, it's underscore born to move. There you go. So just watch out for that. Um, and then you'll find all the good information. Wonderful. Right now, I've kind of worked backwards because I wanted to get that information there in the beginning because, you know, we see that people, not everyone listens to the whole podcast, but I wanted to get that there because now we'll tell you why you should be considering these courses. I don't normally do that with people because normally I want, I feel very kind of self-conscious if I'm kind of saying the courses in the beginning because it sounds like I'm just selling stuff and it's like, there you go, that's all the information there the other day, so that's how much it costs. But in your case, we'll do it that way because I wanted that information to be there. Now people who are still listening, because they haven't finished their tea, can make their own decision as to why they want to be part of something like that. So to do that, just keeping an eye on the questions. What's going on here? Oh, Nikki here. Nikki's in. Ding dong, Nikki. Don't forget to post some drinks in a nearby pub, James. Always a selling point. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki, for reminding us about the social events. And Nikki will be joining us uh, via the comments multiple times this evening and making sure we're on track. Thanks, Nikki. Right, so, um, yes, we were, I was talking a little bit off air with you because you have got such an interesting past. And that, for me, is when people ask me, you mentioned James Earls a little bit. Sounds like a little bit of a man crushing James Earls. What's that all about, Matt? And I go, well, do you know what his past is? Because, for me, your power in the present is thanks to your past. And that happens quite a lot with great educators. Um, so we will start this session with a little trip down memory lane, if that's okay with you. And you can spend as 
little as long as you want to need. So the best way of doing that is just showing some of your books which you've been through since when was the first one? When was the, when was the big one? Uh, Fractional release and structure for structural balance. And I'm going to think what, 2010. 2010. Okay. And there was some before that, I'm pretty sure as well. That was just a bit. Yeah. Um, that one was the one which um, I think it's available in like seven languages or something and really kind of um, got your name out there as well as Born to Walk Afterwards. But yeah, so for people listening on what are listening to podcasts, you can't see the screen here, but I brought up four books, Fashion Release for Structural Balance and then Born to Walk, uh, then Understanding the Human Foot and then one which is, I think, uh, to be released later on this year, October, November, December. There's, if you go to Amazon and you can see there's pre-order on there. But yeah, give us a little chat through those four books, if you would, James, and, and show us how, yeah, maybe show us how your way of thinking and your courses you deliver and stuff changed as you progressed. Sure. Thank you. Um, the first one, the Fashion Week Structural Balance, I wrote that along with uh, a guy called Thomas Myers, who has been, been uh, cut off on your hobby. James Sorry, Thomas Myers. I was working with him. Uh, alongside the, uh, the anatomy training school. And I had trained with Tom back in, yeah, I started in 1999, through to 2001 in uh, structural integration and the, the anatomy trains approach to that. They, they called it Kinesis Myofascial Integration back in the day. And Tom had a value of not giving any any notes for the for the workshops. Um, so by the time we, came to developing a teacher team we thought we actually need we need we need a textbook and so i had always wanted to write a book and so i approached Tom and said how do you how do you feel about me writing the book that would be the kind of the textbook for the for the, the, the manual techniques and he went hmm let's write it together um he didn't leave it leave me to it so we co-wrote it it um it i think for what it is, it's fine. I, I would love to go back and and do it properly and and do it with with more more of the a uh, more modern approach to the language around fascial techniques and fascial manipulation and the benefits. I would love to rewrite the a lot of the anatomy in it, and that that frustration built part of um, my. Next kind of major thing was with with uh, my guy called Gary Gray. So whilst I was traveling to teach with anatomy trains, his Gary Gray's name came up a number of times. I, I did a little bit of research and um, went to a, a training run by him, the so-called father of function. And this was in 2012. And I still remember, and so it was kind of common uh, stories for myself, that I, I remember getting so angry and frustrated during that training because he was saying things that were so simple and so straightforward and so common sense and undeniably useful, accurate approach to understanding anatomy. Um, and simple, simple things, simple words that just I had never come across presented in that way before. Um, and I was frustrated because of 22 years of being a therapist and 23 years of going to all of the workshops and no no bugger had actually told me that actually there's a different different language different words and it's important to be able to say are you describing the bone or are you describing the joint 
because most of us aren't even taught that on day one. Um, and he was talking about mostly skeletal dynamics, which skeleton and joints. And because I was more in the kind of soft tissue world, um, I put his description of of gait of, of walking into a myofascial description, and that began born to walk. Um, back then, I had very nasty trains via, and eventually I realised that 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 was that was too limiting a box. It's you know, that people in a workshop you know, teaching, they're asking a question, it's like, what do you do with them? You know, a knee problem, it's like, well, you balance the lines. You know, you balance the lines between the lines. Like, and realizing that's, that's so limited that it's, it's, it's wrong. And it's a useful, can be a useful in starting point because seeing complex patterns, but, but the reality is it's just, it's, it's not that accurate. Um, so I rewrote second edition and, and kind of extracted most of the, the anatomy trains bias out of it. Um, understanding the human foot uh, was a lockdown project um, where you know, like many people during the first three months we went, oh, we probably have three months of lockdown. I thought, oh, I could write, I could write a book on that. Right? I wanted to write the, uh, the functional anatomy of the body. Uh, and so after the first three, four or five months, I realized that maybe that's a bit too, um, came out, let's just concentrate on the foot. Um, so that came out um, 22, 30 years, I think it was 22. Um, and it, it very much focused on foot, but trying to get the, the, the connections to the rest of the body as well. And then um, recently my my publisher came to me and said, oh, can could you write a short, short kind of very highly illustrated book on kind of long chain stretching, i.e. you want an atom print? Yeah, yeah. But what, I can do the first bit, but I can't do the second bit. Um, and what he wanted in terms of um, word points got, got a little bit um, extended because I wanted to try and put in as much as possible in terms of understanding um, how we move and how we can adjust the movements, whether you want to come to it from a, a Pilates or a yoga point of view, and as well as a, as a movement therapist or as a man therapist, soft tissue therapist. So that be coming out. It should be with us in October. We're hoping to get it before the um, the summit. Um, but I know it's listed on Amazon already for um, delivery in December. I think that they they start conservatively and then something not over promising. Hopefully October. Fantastic. Very exciting. That's great. And I'm, I'm hoping the people have listened now. That Mac, the message for me for that journey is, first of all, Anatomy Trains is still has such a, it's, 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 it's still referred to so much as a classic book and it still fills Facebook social feeds. I need to get Anatomy Trains. It's still, when a book, oh, it's a bit like the Bible, isn't it? You know, when a book becomes so famous and people start just believing everything in it without questioning it, it gets a little bit dangerous and sometimes can start wars. I'm not being blasphemous here, I hope. It's the interpretation of a book that reaches that level. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's, the, that's, that's the problem. I think that's what happened with anatomy trains. But the way you've taken it now, I mean, you're not dismissing it, you're not slagging it off. Like some people make the mistake of thinking that anything that's less than five years old is rubbish and poo-poo, and that's not the idea at all. It's just you 
you know, in your fantastic way of just said, no, some of the things here needs just to change a little bit and it's kind of the way we look at stuff and it's a good starting point. So, and that's a, that was, you know, that was a big turn for you. Um, but so again, when people do quote, people still will send me emails and ask me trains this and what do you think of this? And I'm looking at this and people are selling their copies, but yeah, you are the perfect kind of train that's leaving away from an Astrid train station and taking kind of passengers um to somewhere a little bit more involved so yeah which is which is yeah which is why i think that and um, what i said at the beginning your courses are fantastic because they do build on stuff which is still taught and believed today and just kind of develops helps focus evolve. Um, try to put the the work of andre vleaming into its proper place put the what, sorry? The, the work of andre vleaming Yes, and his link with you know, a lot more research. They, they, he was doing the work well before Tom. Um, it's established. It's it's reasonably well credited and not challenged in the same way. It's not marketed and it's not imposed in the same way. Oh, yeah, it happened a lot, didn't it? I mean, Pilates went to the same issue where contemporary Pilates became so powerful in DVDs and the schools, and now suddenly it's what everyone's doing, and now. You know, it's a struggle. Some therapists have to realise now. And talking of that, Lucy Wintley, your co-author for Understanding Human Foot, and Lucy was with us for the STA podcast episode 109, and that's well worth listening to. Um, and and that was great as well. It was a shows that things like Pilates, which blew up hugely, still need to evolve. Not everything. Even Paul Hodges turned around and said, actually, not quite right. You know, the same way as yeah. Anyway, so yeah, great, right um so that's coming out october november um i suppose before we go on well there's a kind of link isn't it because you so am i allowed to say that you've got like i put a question mark there because you've got other books coming out as well haven't you i am currently working on a book on breath um once upon a time i went to a workshop uh many years ago with a guy called uh, dr or, he was eventually became professor uh leon chetel mm-hmm. and he was just about to release his book on cranial sacral therapy. Mm-hmm. And he stood at the front room and said, yes, I'm about to release a cranial sacral therapy. And I decided to write a book on cranial sacral therapy because I knew nothing about it. And one of the best ways to learn about something is to write a book. Um, I didn't quite do that. I was approached by Chris Landwell, mentioned earlier this uh, presenting summit, who is a very well established yoga and breathwork teacher. And he, approached me and said, you know, I'm, I want to write a book on breath, but he he wasn't as comfortable with the, the, the anatomy and the kind of comparative and evolutionary anatomy. Um, so he's, he asked to co-write it. So we're, we're co-authoring um, a book that's uh, going to be hopefully in two volumes. So the first one's going to be The Evolving Breath, second volume, The Evolved Breath. But that's going to be another 18 months before that hits any shells. And then um making notes on another book on you know, and, uh, a short self-help kind of guide complete dummy guide type thing of how to learn anatomy which is how we came to the topic of tonight exactly how to learn anatomy and i imagine as we chat about that now like why we're asking that question um there'll probably be some references to your functional anatomy movement maybe um, the illustrations because how you draw anatomy maybe helps answer the question how to learn anatomy as well because that's one of the limitations i guess in anatomy people try and teach it and present it in 2d with pictures and that's maybe where sometimes the problems start 
that is it's, it's most of the resources that we have for teaching anatomy are two-dimensional and based in anatomical position and very rarely have i seen any anatomy teacher introduce the problems or the the context and the environment of anatomical position it's it presented as if, okay well this, this is this is where we're starting the, the, just launching into you know, anterior posterior medial lateral and, and, and you know, femur tibia fibula without actually saying well everything that we're about to talk about is in this fantasy context of where gravity doesn't exist there's no ground reaction force the, the, the body's not moving you know and and nobody actually looks like this this is just this is just a model that we can start our conversation from. You know, and for me, this this manifests in many conversations I have in in workshops. People say, "Oh yeah, I I went to a, a dissection class and you know two months ago, and what did you learn?" Because I I find personally I find dissection classes quite boring. Um, oh, it's not like the anatomy books. And we had you know the, recently you know, somebody said we had eight different different uh, donor bodies on um, and and the amount of variation between them was just amazing i thought wow have you don't you ever just sit in the pub and look at people like even you know outside of outside of anatomy class you know have you not been putting your hands on people and actually you know i, I thought you worked with people's soft tissue do you not oh, compare first client to second client and the, the novel around the new even but why do you think why would you expect that donor body a b and c and d would all be the same and it's because we are always presented with the same bloody pictures in the anatomy books so in terms of how to learn anatomy that day one sit in class and my first lesson would be just look around look at people's faces look at people's fellows look at people as they move look at the proportions just look and then look as what you're about to see in the in the book, look at anatomical position, look at all of the images, look at the six different books, of, you know, whether it be Gray, the Grants, and all all the others. Look at them; they they all look the same, slightly different colors, but it's because of them that they they will give you the impression that we all look the same. But look at the reality. Let's start from reality, and then use the book to interpret and understand what we're seeing rather than starting from the books and imposing the book onto what we are seeing and looking at. But, you know, it's, it's simple things like, like that. You know, and I think that we, we get too caught up in imposing anatomy stories and it's not to pick on anatomy stories, but we can we talk about it. That was one of the, the for me, the issues of anatomy training is that we're, we're taking, yeah, a slightly more complex idea of musculoskeletal anatomy compared to the, the, the standard textbook. And then we're inventing stretches and movements that will incorporate the superficial front line, the superficial back line stretches, you know, the, the functional line movements. Well, no, we shouldn't be imposing anatomy onto the body we should be using the body to understand the anatomy. So it concludes the, the starting point and the direction which we go. All right. Okay.
there's so much in there. Um, before we unpack that, what maybe we could fast forward to what are some of the consequences of maybe level three or level four, or level five students learning anatomy in that way? What do you think are some of the kind of issues that then come into play when we're trying to run a business and help people who come interested in pain? In my view, I, I would first question is is traditional it's not even traditional how long is how long has it been it's really on 50 70 years that we have had fully cool anatomy being taught um in the way that it is um textbooks there's an excitement uh, there's the trend at the moment of the, the foot you know there's a, a million and one um social media um icons focusing on the foot and one of the one of the common themes within those accounts is that they're going back to books that were written pre-war and and i think that, that whenever i do that and like, these books are actually fantastic maybe not so up to date in some of the the tissue mechanics and the some of the mechanisms around pathology but in terms of an appreciation of the interaction and the reality of the foot's connection to the rest of the body and how the foot is is relevant to the rest of the body or the rest of the body relevant to the foot is so far beyond anything that we we're exposed to in our traditional learning and that, that and i would include that into the um, msc and master's degree uh, a few years ago on um, human anatomy and evolution because of, like, i have a, an interest in comparative and evolutionary anatomy and and even there they were using kind of classical kind of traditional boring and texts they you know the the idea that we will learn anatomy and the, the word of anatomy to, to dissect to define to talk about individual units and that that useful is necessary i need to know the bits but in terms of especially with what you're teaching in terms of running what i'm teaching in terms of walking what most of us are confronted with whenever a client walks into the room is the complexity of movement it's the reality of a, a real live human person coming in and pointing to bits that that hurt and i need to know and recognize the bits that they're pointing to and i need to know the orthopedic assessments but i also need to understand the complexity of the system and the traditional, the the, the grants and the greys and the, everything else, they don't teach us that, unless you have a a very very well trained, fluent functional anatomy, comparative anatomy um, lecturer who has kind of gone through it and is able to 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 put those pieces together. We don't have the same kind of system. I'm also a bit concerned about the lack of anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just thinking that if Nikki hasn't said anything. So, yeah, that's OK. I'm pretty sure we're still recording. I'm going to have to edit this episode a little bit. But it's gone very quiet in the live lounge. Somebody could. T- oh, there we go. Cecily has said that. No, I think it's just, mate, it's just credit to you. People just sitting there taking notes. What Cecily has said, they're listening with intent. James was about to start talking about issues before he was cut off. What are these issues? Everyone's enthralled <laughs> by the accents. They love you. They're all there, but I'm you're glad you noticed that. They're just drawn in and listening to you, so don't worry. Um, and so for me, the the issues are that we're taught anatomy, and we're not taught functional anatomy. It and you know, the, 
it's become a buzzword and a lot of people are kind of jumping on bandwagon and kind of pretending that they're teaching functional anatomy. I was like, it's not the functional anatomy that, that as I understand it, as I was exposed to with, with Gary Gray. Um, so I don't think we have the language. There's a lot of confusion around how we describe movement and so you know, that's a simple exercise I use a lot in um, in workshops is to have people stand up and to step around so standing kind of neutral and step around with the left foot so kind of step around to the right and ask what happened and can they see the medial gaze now actually do it so you see what I'm talking about so if I step around with my left foot what is happening? Can you see the femur laterally rotate? And people go, yes, I can see the femur is laterally rotating. And I do this often enough so that I want the eyes and say, can you see the lateral rotation? People, yeah. And some of the people go, no, because I can actually see the medial rotation. Mm -hmm. And I go, yeah. Yes, can you see the medial rotation? They go, yes, I can see the medial rotation. Can you see the lateral rotation? Yes, I can see the lateral rotation, but I don't see medial rotation. Or I see medial rotation, but I don't see lateral rotation. And it's a deliberately provocative exercise because I want to, people to recognize that some people see the bone moving, the femur laterally rotating, and some people see the hip joint medially rotating. And so few of us have been taught that actually there's a very precise language to describe the movement of the bone and a different language to describe the movement at a joint. And the joint descriptor, so the medial rotation that's happening in my right hip, is counter to the lateral rotation languaging of the femur and the fact that both of those are happening at the same time, we're getting medial rotation and lateral rotation, that, that it's a, that blows my mind. I'm like, well, how long have you been in practice? And, you know, these are, I recently had a, a, a lecture, senior lecture on clinical anatomy in, in a workshop. And he was like, yeah, nobody has actually sat down and broken that down in the languaging. If I say hip joint, there's a traditional kind of medial lateral rotation, abduction, adduction language. If I say femur, so can you flex your femur? No. Well, it, it, it may flex a little bit, but you don't want to flex it too pretty far because it's going to break. Can you extend your femur? No, but a lot of people get confused in the difference between joint descriptors, difference between bone descriptors, and that we can be seeing the bone go in one direction as the joint makes a different reaction, because we're talking about a relationship between two bones. And it's something, it's actually, I find it it's more difficult to teach that to people who have had you know 10 15 20 years experience in in therapy and kind of maybe thinking about anatomy than it is to teach people right at the start but because it's easily taught with just some simple movement experiments like just just stand up and do that movement feel the reality of what's happening in your femur 
Yep, the femur is turning that way. Well, in anatomy world, we call that lateral rotation. Great, the femur turns that way. And the femur is your bone, yes, yeah, the thigh bone, that's all it means, just femur, thigh bone. And can you feel how, it, if you put your hand in the fold of that, that joint, can you feel how the pelvis is kind of moving faster than the, than the femur? So it's kind of, it, they're getting closer together. Uh, yep, well, stand up. And if you, if you turn your, I'm going to do it with the, the arm because it's easier. If you, do, if you just turn the femur, Immediately, can you feel it's the same reaction? You can, your fingers get kind of folded in. Yeah, in the anatomy world, that's medial rotation as well. But that's medial rotation of the, in this case, glenohumeral joint, but in that case, the, the hip joint. Like, oh, so when I'm talking about a joint, it's a relationship between two or more bones. And if I say the name of a joint, and this is, again, something that we don't often kind of be definite about. If I name a joint, the glenohumeral joint, the hip joint, the knee joint, they're always a relationship. There is no, you know, there's a Gary Gray thing, there's no such thing as the knee. In anatomy, the knee doesn't exist. There is the tibia, there's the patella, there's the femoral condyles, there's the cruciate ligaments, there's everything else, but there's no such thing as the knee. The knee, the, the antlenopemal joint, the elbow joint, the, every lima joint, they're all relationships between various different structures. So they're a way of describing the relationship as opposed to the femur, the ulna, the radius, the tibia, it's not, not that past the actual bone and the bones can be doing one thing, the joint can be doing something else. Starting with, with skill building and being able to see, like, oh, um, for example, I'm just thinking of another example recently, uh, a well-known uh, podiatrist um, posted in a wonderful Instagram post about how the hip, the hip controls the foot. So whenever you laterally rotate the hip, the, the foot will supinate. it. And so to get supination of the foot, you laterally rotate the hip. It's not right. Um, you can medially rotate the hip and the foot will still supinate. You can posteriorly tilt, you can go into extension and the foot will supinate. Um, it's a looseness in the language. And even though he's a very well educated and very well established podiatrist, and can demonstrate what he means, his use of language is actually more confusing than it is elucidating. And so for, for me, learning math is let's just go back to basics and look at exactly how we describe what we're seeing. And if we do that, suddenly we can see better. One of the big frustrations for many therapists is I cannot describe what I'm seeing I'm sure you come across this with, with running and, and trying to analyze any kind of gait and um, walking running is because we haven't been drilled in the anatomical languages for bone and joint movement and seeing the relationships between them and being fluent with, with muscles. It's not like we get drilled in action. Okay, yeah, so we've got, we know that that's a bit simple. So we also get the eccentric actions. I'm, 
yes, that's brilliant. And we need to just see that muscles can be shortening, they can be contracting as they lengthen, they can be contracting and not changing length or changing length a little bit. And the connective tissue can be doing all of that. And as soon as you put momentum in to the system, as take away just the standard um, anatomical position, things get even more interesting because then we can start seeing relationships about why the heel lifts whenever we are walking or running and how the, it's, the heel lift is actually because of the, for example, the hip flexors. And if you want another example, if you, if you had enough wine um, or gin and tonic or whatever your whiskey or whatever your drink of choice is on a, on a cheeky night, is just stand up and go into a lunge position. And, and so back leg relatively straight, front knee bent, and just keep bending the front knee forward and feel what happens in the back foot. Eventually your heel will lift but you're not you're not using your plantar flexors to use it. It's the fact that you've run out of hip extension that you've hit a wall on your hip flexors and everything really everything that's in front of the, the hip joint, and that's what's causing your heel to rise. What? Oh, okay, so I'm, it's not that I'm plantar flexing, no. And my knee, my hip is extending, not because I'm firing my weak glutes, but it's simply because my knee. The other knee is going forward. So it's then, you know, it's slow, it's not momentum, but it's, it becomes easier to translate whenever we see what happens in walking and running. If the other knee is going forward, the natural reaction in the system is, well, if I've got one foot on the ground, that's kind of anchored. So I'm going to have to talk about um, a bit of ground reaction force, perhaps, but also friction. So there's a, that foot is temporarily. I'm going to say anchored, but it's not fully anchored, obviously. Uh, there's enough resistance that could be held in place as the other leg swings through. And so as I go into hip extension, oh, the, the back foot will have no choice but to come up into toe extension. So it's really the the left foot is responsible, and its momentum is responsible for the toe extension in the right foot and the plantar flexion of the right ankle and the knee extension of the, the right lower limb. So it's, you know, we can keep on going with, with example, but for me, it's being able to get the language for, see the bones, have a clear language, an appreciation of the importance of that, have an appreciation of the language of the joint and be able to see that, and then start adding in the other forces, so gravity, ground direction, force, momentum, a little bit of friction, perhaps. And then we can start building up into the, the interactive full body reactions that we can, that we aspire to. You know, that one of my frustrations was I was given the idea that if I if I was a good boy and if I sat down with my well I by no means was speaking to Ace Matthew back in nineteen ninety two, but if I sat down with my William Arnold Taylor, it's one for the old ones and all this, if I sat down there, if I if I religiously learnt all of the origins, insertions and actions, maybe innovations of that's being thorough, then somehow I would get this understanding of how the, the system worked. But it's impossible because there's no there are no forces involved, gravity, ground direction, momentum. And I also don't have the language for movement. If I have the language for movement, 
then anatomy makes sense. That's one of the reasons why I love uh, comparative and evolutionary anatomy, because in my experience, they're the people that are asking systemic questions. But the evolutionary anatomy, you find a fossil bone, it's like, oh, okay, what the hell did this thing do? Well, by looking at the, all of the, the contours, the, the tuberosities, the lines, the, you know, the, the pokey out bits of a bone, we can see where the muscle should be, and we can start making some interpretations from that. So George Cuvier, one of the, the earliest you know, 1800s, anatomist was, was famous for saying, give me, give me a bone, I'll tell you how this, this animal moves. Mm-hmm. Because of that ability to kind of see and project the, the whole system from just one bit. And that's, that's the aim, that's the, the promise that's given to us. Of you, if you learn your anatomy, you're a good boy or girl, then eventually you will understand that there's there's a very simple vocabulary that can be added in that and is necessary to be able to do that with with accuracy. So are you this is gonna be like a fast forward in two minutes now, but are you suggesting that because of this foundational lack of appreciation of, of the truth behind the relationship between joints and muscles and movement forces, that from that moment on our assessments and assumptions and conclusions and diagnoses are hampered and sometimes incorrect because we're going down a rabbit hole with the kind of like assuming wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So the orthopedic assessments are wonderful for telling me something specific about the, the, the area that is injured or not. It gives me fantastic, inf- necessary information, but doesn't tell me why. Mm-hmm why that tissue is under stress or has been under strain. Or that and especially for that individual, because that, yeah. as you say, individuals are going to be moving differently. And so unless mm-hmm. you can analyze how that individual moves, it's all very well mm-hmm. saying if you push here, it hurts, and I like, do a scarf test or whatever. But in everyday life, when are you having to use that movement? And, yeah. Yeah. So I need, need to be able to in the, in the whole system. And that's, that's the difficult bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the orthopedic assessments are almost kind of, the extension of the anatomy story. Mm-hmm. Well, from that anatomy, I can give you a very specific test. But that that's brilliant, or attempt to give you a very specific test and the mm-hmm. whole question. But as specific as we can make it, that's an anatomy story. Wonderful, useful, but doesn't actually give me the holistic view that the clients are expecting, that the clients are wanting. Mm-hmm. And which we, which we, you know, like the thirty-something years of my career, we've been talking about and inspiring to. It's like, can we, can we understand why that shoulder is connected or interacts or interrelated to the to the left foot? It's like, well, yeah, you can if you have the the right language. It's actually pretty straightforward. Can't believe it's eight fifty-eight. It's ridiculous. Um, it should be a Netflix, this should be a, like a Netflix series. It should be an episode now. We can just fast forward to the next 45 minutes, but it's not, I'm afraid, people. Um, that's all you're going to get for tonight. Sorry. Um, but no, fascinating. I mean, it's definitely saying some seeds in the comments. I can see people are talking about it. Uh, it doesn't, I think it's important at this point. It doesn't mean that we have to throw our thousands and pounds and hours of learning out the window at all. That's very important. But what 
does it mean? So let's imagine someone out there is going, great. Someone else is telling me now that all the things I've learned have been a waste of time and they're going to dismiss it. So how could you counteract that maybe natural feeling, which a lot of therapists out there are going to have when they hear this? Anatomy has been taught because it's, it, there's a truth within it. So, and they're all, they've all been useful truth. You know, the, the, the deltoid is the deltoid and more or less everyone's going to have a deltoid and humerus and all of that remains the same. All of the tests remain the same. Nothing changes within that. In terms of understanding movement, being able to put it out, then it's, a, it's an easy addition onto that to just be, be drilled in what ha- what's happening with the bone, what's happening with the joint. And to expand the the appreciation of what happens to our system whenever we're working in the forces of gravity, ground reaction force, and momentum is very great. Loves to to repeat endlessly. Cool. Okay. So as is the case with all useful CPD, it's not that you have to dismiss everything you've learned. We're just tweaking it slightly, um, and everything you've learned to this point is really valuable. Um, it's just tweaking it a little bit and depending on the individual in front of you. So that's great. I think that's a really important message because it does sound firsthand like, oh my God, everything I've learned is wrong. Some people are naturally in reaction, isn't it? But it's not at all, at all, at all. Right, nine o'clock. Gosh, that went uh, very quickly, didn't it? Um, but thank you very much. It's given us a magnificent insight into what you're about and why you're about. Um, and and a great reason for people to consider checking you out. Um, we're going to have you back, obviously, before Therapy Expo. But like I say, you and Owen are going to be with us, Therapy Expo, which isn't that far away, is it? Um, it's going to be November 22nd and 3rd. So it's going to be before we know it. That's going to be very exciting. And then also just to reiterate to listeners that if you've been interested in this and you are free on October the 7th, then the Natural Health and Movement Summit is going to have, I imagine you'll be touching on, what did you say your thing was evolutionary, evolution for performance, was it? Endurance? Um, it was the, uh, yes, endurance and efficiency and the evolutionary changes that allowed us to benefit from both. Because they, they're, they're often conflated dynamics, but they're different. Magnificent. So there's going to be that, which obviously has links with what you've been talking about tonight with the evolution and, and also a list of other uh, wonderful speakers as well um and so we'll make sure that links to that um are in the show notes so people can read about that and then obviously all the courses you normally do um are on the website born to move.com so people can have a look at that and if people want to follow born to move is underscore born to move on twitter underscore born to move on instagram um and then you yourself james you're just james ells aren't you in quite a few places um, Facebook, yes, on Facebook, on Facebook, yeah. there is just me, and that's part personal and part business. Um, nothing strictly personal out there. Uh, and yeah, and born to walk, and born to walk, of course, is around as well. Yeah, um, but probably with regards to this and what we've mentioned, born to move is the one to follow. Um, magnificent. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time, James, as always. Um, next week, people. It's, as I said at the beginning, it's Ask Us Anything, as it's the first of the month. We always do this. There'll be a panel of STA members and reps, fingers crossed. If anyone's listening to this podcast and they are an STA member um, or an STA rep and they'd like to come on the show next week, then all you've got to do is email me. As long as you've got a strong internet connection and um, that's really important. Let's not have any kind of intermittent 
kind of cutouts or things like that. That'd be awful. We don't want that happening. Um, but yeah, if you're interested um, and you're able to kind of string words together without getting embarrassed, that's important as well. Then uh, yeah, Matt at the STA.co.uk. Um, that's for STA members or STA regional reps. If you want to be on the panel to answer questions, which I am collating as we speak. James, if you could hang around, um, don't click in a thing. I'll say thank to you in a couple of minutes. Just going to say thank you to people in the live lounge who joined us. A very quiet live lounge this evening, but that, again, that was just because there was pen and paper happening and people were just drawn in, sucked in to the the noise of James Earls, the very pleasant noise that James Earls makes. Um, Nikki Mansfield in the comments has been putting some fantastic stuff here. She even compared you to Keanu Reeves, which I'm sure you're probably very familiar with, James, on many levels. Um, Nikki put here, she's been saying some wonderful things. For weekly sneak peeks of that upcoming new book on functional anatomy, you'll get one of those matrix moments when Neo said, I know Kung Fu. I think it was Jiu-Jitsu, if you want to be really accurate. But, um, but yeah, you can, you can look that up anyway if you want, Nikki. But, yeah, fantastic. Um, okay, wonderful. Thank you, people in the live lounge, for coming along. If you listen to the podcast and you want to join us next week, we just go along to this TA, Sports Debbie Association YouTube channel, where we will be um, talking, answering your questions. But for now, once again, thank you to James Earl, Born to Move, and uh, take care of each other. Bye bye. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy.